tree, like an asparagus <laughs> could grow to be huge, like a tree. No, that's did you really... fucking know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. That sounds like should... uh, like a sunflower, just like terrifying. Like a sunflower, sunflower terrifying. Sunflowers they get like ten feet as well, which is kind of Do unnecessary. They? I mean, imagine those seeds though; they must be delicious. You have, they could feed a family. You could feed a family with those seeds. That's right. It'd be like in the old Mickey cartoons when when they had like a single bean that they would split between the four of them. <laughs> and they cut out with a little like, butter knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these thin slices of bean. That's that's that Mickey yeah. Mouse bean or um that's the opening of the Jack and the Beanstalk Disney version. Is it? Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was the Christmas one or if it was Jack and the Beanstalk or what, but I watched it a lot when I was a kid because I had it on VHS. <laughs> they were like, we only have one bean. Which, I mean, for mice, <laughs> I think that would suffice. Ooh, damn. Bars, son. It lo- it was it was a delicious-looking bean. It, like, it, it looked tantalizing. I wanted some of that bean. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up the bean right now. I'm gonna Are you? F- I'm going to flick the bean. You had to go there, didn't you? You had to sexualize it. We couldn't just have an innocent conversation about Mickey's bean. (laughs) Mickey's bean is the bean for me. I can't find the bean. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, what's up, Josh? How you doing, bud? Hey, doing all right. Uh, Before we start our, um, our casual conversation that we just happened to be having... Uh, you mean the one that's like off the cuff and not planned at all? Yeah, exactly. Like it's totally just uh, like, wow, I didn't even realize I was calling you, but here we are. Um, for some reason, I just feel like I should mention, uh, like if anyone is listening to this besides you and I um, or me, leave a review on the the platform in which you're listening, uh, which would be Apple. That would help. Or, or SoundCloud or whatever you're listening to. Spotify. I don't know if we're on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. That would be great. Could you get on that for me, please? Sure. I'll call, I'll call my guy. All right. Uh, leave a review. It's good for the algorithm. Um, tell us what you want to hear us talk about or what we should stop talking about, which is also as, just as good. Um, leave that five-star yeah. like, baby. And that's it. Give, give us the hearts. Click the heart. Reshare if you care. Um, yeah, and, just tell somebody uh, about it. Yeah, let us know if there's if there's something you want to hear. Tell tell your friends. Tell all your friends about us. Uh, Which is a weird thing to say. Conversations about Mickey's Bean. Yeah, it's a weird thing to say for just a phone call, a casual phone call between two friends. But you know, I for some reason I just right. feel like I should say that. Yeah, like it sort of feels like someone's listening, like eavesdropping on us right now. So. Anyways, well, that's out of the way. Um, shit, have you seen um, The Rental? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, you, I don't have a, do I don't you have a good talk about it? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so The Rental, which uh, is the, the directorial debut of Dave <laughs> Franco, uh, the lesser-known Franco, the little Franco. Um, uh, a junior to James Franco, infamous uh, pedophile and uh, <laughs> rapist, James Franco. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, I should have said a legend. I should have said a legend. Before <laughs> infamous, that. 
Uh, James have, Franco, if you're I listening, please leave a review. Uh, five stars would be preferable. Um, I have no evidence to support that accusation. It's just a gut feeling that I have. Well, there um, is evidence, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> look it up on your own time, I guess, then, <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, uh, The Rental. It's uh, starring Allison Brie, uh, some guy from Downton Abbey, and then two people some I've never Some guy from before. Downton Abbey. And also The Guest, which I, I actually liked. Good movie, The Guest. Um, so, what's his name? It's uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens so right? I've, I've been it's watching the most Downton generic Abbey. fucking name on the planet. Like you, you can't blame me for forgetting Dan Stevens, Stephen Dan's. Okay, but it's Dan. St- He's in Downton Abbey. Uh, I'm in season two right now, and I'm I'm loving it. It's yeah, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my you're, entire you're... life. <laughs> Shut up! Shut your stupid mouth. I'm serious. I'm so serious. I know that it's beloved. My my mother loved it. My grandmother loved it. My aunts loved it. You know, it's it's definitely a staple. All the women, for, yeah, for middle aged women. So I'm not surprised that you <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. Anyways, Dan Stevens and Allison Brie, they're they're a married couple that are going on a retreat with Dan's little brother and his girlfriend. Uh, I think fiance actually, who who happens to be. Dan's partner in his business, which is completely um, uh, opaque as far as what he does. He's just a guy who works on Apple computer, just like their office being wide open with like tons of windows. And he just has a, a big Mac. Like, that's all you need to know about his business. Doesn't matter what he does specifically. Yeah, it's like exposed brick. And yeah. Like open floor planning. Yeah. So they 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 go on a, a weekend trip away, all of the four of them. And uh, well, Hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is one of the, the best comedies I think I've seen in a long time. Uh, Me too. I didn't I didn't realize Dave Franco had the, the kind of comedic chops yeah. uh, needed to make this movie so blisteringly fighting funny as it is. And it's nonstop hilarity. As you said, hilarity ensues. And it just doesn't let up. No, it doesn't let up. It it can't stop, won't stop. Um, I mean, it's a gut buster. Side splitting. Um, you know, I I had trouble breathing at parts. Anyways, Josh, what did you think of the rental? <laughs> My asthma was flaring up as well. Um, <laughs> I thought the rental. Let's see. I watched it last night because it came out last night. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the. This is brand new. This is hot off the yeah, press, baby. kids. All right, it's like I back mean, in the old days yeah. when we were watching movies on Thursday nights in the theaters. Feels good. Feels good right? to be uh, on the cusp. Anyways, um, yeah, I thought that the rental was a good premise, and I thought the execution—I don't know—it it seemed twofold, or at least in two halves. It was it was good in one half, which would be the first half. And the second half left me wanting, and I think satisfaction was uh, unfulfilled. And I think it just kind of lost a lot of steam once you kind of get the, the full picture of the film and, and the plot and what's happening to everybody. I enjoyed some stuff. The acting was weird. The direction was, you know, in turn weird. Um, I don't know. It wasn't a great... We'll have to talk about that, Yeah, I guess. it wasn't a great movie. I enjoyed some parts of it. But ultimately, yeah, I just didn't really feel fulfilled in term, like as a viewing experience. What about you? 
Um, you know, I, I was surprised by how much I liked this movie. Um, I was surprised by how competent it was. I guess, so I, I wanted to just briefly touch on this. We'll do that at the end of the episode. But this, this movie first came to my attention when I watched Horse Girl, uh, which is a Netflix movie starring Alison Brie that she co-wrote. Uh, that came out at the beginning of this year, and I saw that she was married to Dave Franco, which I was floored about, um, because he's just kind of like a little troll man. Um, and uh, and then I saw that he was like his directorial debut was coming out this year, The Rental, starring Alison Brie. And I was like, oh, that's going to be just a fucking mess. Like, that's going to be terrible, and I can't wait to see how bad it is. Uh, but I was surprised. You know, th this was a pretty competently made film um, that, that had to pretty smart like uh leveraging of tension and of different kinds of tension too not just like uh you know traditional horror tension um mm -hmm. i didn't find the performances to be off-putting in any way um maybe dan stevens english or uh yeah american accent is a little no. a little weird um no. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I, I actually really liked this movie, um, and I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. So, um, yeah, let's let's kick let's it started. off. What do you what do you want to discuss first? Well, I would like to discuss the opening shot, um, because that is probably the most telling of what's going to happen. So you have um, Dan Stevens and then you have who's who's Charlie and then Sheila Van, who's Mina. So Dan Stevens, or Charlie, is looking at his uh, big-ass Mac in his open-floor planning office. In his, um, yeah, contemporary urban work environment. Yeah, where he's, you know, gentrifying uh, mass amounts of neighborhoods. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Mina is, like, over his shoulder. They're both looking at uh, the property that they're going to go rent. And they're, they're you know, they're... They're kind of really close to each other. They're, they're almost like face, their cheeks are touching. I thought they were the, they a were a couple at first. Shot. I thought they were like the couple. I was like, oh, okay. Exa exactly. So you have that whole scene where they're like, they're very intimate with each other and they're, they're really excited about going to get this rental. And then Lip from Shameless, uh, whatever his name is. In the, what's Josh? Oh, oh what a <laughs> dumb name. So he's Josh in the movie. Yeah, stupid fucking idiot. Only Who idiots are named Josh. That? Idiots um, and pedophiles. <laughs> another baseless accusation uh anyways so josh comes in and and then you find out that him and mina are actually together and then you realize that and at first i was like oh is this like an open relationship thing maybe dave franco and allison brie are signaling to the world that they want a third um and, and so it's a little so it's very very weird and then once i realized that they're brothers Josh and Charlie, I'm like, okay, so there's immediate tension here, which I thought was really, really well done. Mm -hmm. um, just that kind of that, like that twist. And going forward, I'm like, all right, how are we going to see this um, conflict play out? And I was really paying close attention to that. I, I thought maybe it might be a little too heavy handed, but I thought it was still really well executed. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that was very interesting and set the tone for what this movie was going to be exploring. Yeah, I you know, I I waffled at first as well. Like was this a little too heavy-handed, a little too direct like this sort of, you know, telegraphing their their relationship, but I I thought that sexual tension is what kind of um you know, was the engine of the first part of that movie, the first probably 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. 
um and and then the the tension shifts and it becomes more like of a you know traditional horror type tension so that's sort of what i was alluding to earlier on when i said that uh that i thought i i i can't remember another horror movie recently that i saw that did actually leverage two different kinds of tension to build suspense throughout the whole thing um so i thought that was an interesting choice i've always had this idea in my head for a a movie that was about the end of a relationship like kind of the falling apart of a relationship but it is um staged and shot and like dramatically you know created to feel like a thriller or like a like a mystery so everything is kind of intense and heightened in that way and this movie kind of just did that uh which i thought was you know a pretty great attempt um i've always liked this idea of like juxtaposing like a horror theme with real life um relationship drama or just drama just mundane drama but to the tone of a horror film well that's something that we will discuss in our next episode when we talk about relic um yeah uh stay tuned for that um about this you know this meeting of like mundane horror everyday horror with you know supernatural horror or something similar um anyway so yeah so there there is the tension that is leveraged well it uh, definitely keeps the movie going um i had a couple questions for you i wanted to talk about uh the the beginning as well not that specific shot i liked the kind of uh 80s crossfade that they had <laughs> yeah. going on in in the beginning uh i thought that that was like a an interesting homage and then I wanted to ask you, do you think it was a conscious choice from Dave to forego a traditional credit sequence? Like, in other words, is, is there a reason why he didn't put his name in the beginning of the movie? I asked this because Lauren had no idea going into this movie who directed it. Uh-huh. Uh, and and she liked the whole thing. And then as soon as she saw it was directed by Dave Franco, she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if if he specifically left his name off of it so people would judge it objectively. Yeah, so I think... I didn't notice that there was no credits, actually. Um, I'm a big fan of no credits at the beginning. Uh, this isn't 1930. We don't need, I am too. We don't need title cards for 10 minutes straight. Um, yeah, I you know, just based off how you've talked about Dave Franco so far as Little Franco, the um, mongoloid, or whatever you said, um, I think that... You know, people have this. I did not say mongoloid. (laughs) I did not say that. You accuse him of like bestiality or something. He has this perception from people as like the you know just like a a bro, a Chad. um, Yes. Who's kind of uh, intellectually stunted or whatever? I don't know, man. He's he's a pretty boy. I think he's really talented. I've been kind of diving into his stuff, and I think as a performer, he's a lot better than people would expect. He's pretty underrated. I didn't, I didn't ever thought of him as a director, but going into this, I wasn't surprised that he would move to directing, and so I wasn't like biased in any sense. I was kind of interested to see how he pulls it off. Um, but yeah, I think the, the it was a conscious choice for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. It was just something I I thought about as I was watching it. Um, like I, I know did that he make that. Uh... I know that Hannah, um, <laughs> when the crossfade happened, she uh, made a. a very audible sound uh, of frustration and uh, displeasure. I didn't ask her about it. She didn't like it. I, I was just like, okay, I, I feel you. I get it. 
um, a little a little cheesy. Yeah, it was a little cheesy, I guess. I don't know. I I, I liked it well enough. Um, it's something. So my next question then is: Do you think that what attracted Dave to this project was its exploration of uh, fraternal, or not fraternal? I guess fraternal, uh, brotherly relations, basically, because the the movie <laughs> is driven by this conflict between an older brother and a younger brother. And like the younger brother basically feeling as though he's always in his older brother's shadow and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So do you think that that was what really appealed to him about this? Yeah, it's, you know, a little too transparent, like the TV show. Um, I think the like it's literally just Allison Brie is married to uh, Josh, who is Dave Franco. And then the more successful but maybe douchier older brother is married or sorry i mix that up allison Bree's married to yeah you're confusing yourself yeah I, maybe that doesn't work maybe the parallels a little switched up so it's not as obvious but i do think that there's something of dave franco exploring the success of a younger brother uh, in the shoes of or in the shadow of his, his older more successful brother um i just don't know how far it goes because it kind of falls apart towards the end when you realize you know, Josh isn't necessarily a, a great character or a great person, um, and neither is Charlie. So I don't know how far it goes. Uh, but I, I do think the there is like seeds being planted there for sure. Yeah, I I I'm I really think that might have been something that attracted him to it. Maybe I'm just doing like too much of a like Freudian reading of uh, Dave Franco trying too hard to get into his psyche, but um, it definitely seemed to me to be an interesting uh, project to take on for, for some of the themes of it. I, a couple of the things that I, I appreciated about it, um, I thought the, the wardrobe, the costume design, was actually pretty well done hmm. uh, to where like, what the characters were wearing kind of informed their personality yeah. uh, and, and sort of like shaped what you thought about them. Like, for example, um, Mina who is uh, Josh's girlfriend and Charlie's partner. Uh, she wears this like full, full body denim bell bottom suit with like, uh, like an orange turtleneck underneath, which is like very high fashion right mm. now, you know? And so you kind of like, you kind of get an impression of her as a person just from what she's wearing. And likewise, Josh is always wearing like tattered sweatshirts, you know, <laughs> Uh, that are like dirty or the the neck is stretched out or whatever yeah the one gray sweatshirt like just to kind of you know sort of highlight his station in relation to her like he doesn't care about fashion he doesn't care about any of that shit um so i i thought that was good too and i was kind of again surprised by that that level of detail that was paid uh attention to mm -hmm. um you know decent uh, lighting and cinematography here too i i actually i guess I guess we can say spoilers now because what I'm going to say is is leading into a spoiler here. Oh, you know what my dream girl would do? Mm. She would give me a blumpkin. What? What is that? It means that you would give me a blowjob while I took a shit. Uh, one scene in particular that I really liked is um, the the shower scene, the scene when uh, when Charlie and Mina. Um, 
Uh, but there's there's like uh, it's like real foggy and has this like like the light kind of peeking through the fog. I don't know. I I just thought it was visually interesting. I did I did like that. Um, I don't know if it were we were watching it on a projector, so it might have been uh, just our on our end a problem. But towards the end, when the fog really comes in, uh, I found it completely distracting and unnecessary. <laughs> uh, but at first, I was like, wow, I really like this idea of, like, the camera is, like, almost, it, it can't even invade this moment. Um, because, you know, the shower and, and, and the emotion and the intensity and the passion, all that, is taking up what you would be able to see. And it's like a, a moment where it's like, okay, you've gone beyond what a viewer should go. I don't know. It just really, yeah, it was a very nice visual cue to the um, intensity of the moment. Uh, yeah, so Josh and Mina, they, uh, I actually really liked this Charlie, sort of Charlie. element of the plot. Sorry, sorry, Charlie and Mina. Um, I really liked the part of the plot where, so um, Allison Bree, she brings up some Molly for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they can get a little naughty and, and do some drugs as adults. Uh, and <laughs> But she's tired on Friday when they get there, and she wants to just go to bed. Everyone else wants to roll. So Allison Brie goes to bed, and the uh, other three, Josh, Mina, and Charlie, they do the Molly, and they end up, you know, partying all night. Uh, Josh passes out. Josh and Mina, or sorry, Charlie and Mina, make out in the hot tub, and then subsequently have sex. Um, so that's the, you know, the sexual tension sort of realized. Um, but I just I liked the uh, the plot element that um, they party without Allison Brie, and then the next day when she's ready to party, they're like can we just like play some board games or whatever? <laughs> like, cause they're all hung over and fucking feeling nasty from the night before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I liked that. Well, we should back up a little bit because, you know, as you mentioned before, this movie juggles two storylines and one of them is the traditional creepy landlord who is, um, his name is Taylor. I uh, think. Toby Huss. Yeah. Who's great uh, in this movie? It's Toby Huss, who's a legend. Yeah, he is great. I've never seen him play a role so straight. He's such a like, he's such a character actor and like an extreme character actor in most cases. He plays like really out there characters, and this was a pretty restrained performance, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um. So he. So there's that. There's an initial tension between him and Mina because Mina is accusing him of prejudice and racism right because she she tried to book the vacation home under her name and she was denied and then charlie booked it and got it like right away so basically she's accusing this guy of discriminating against her for her muslim last name right and she's and he's not backing down from that accusation he's kind of being ominous and a little antagonizing so there's that initial you know tension where if you're a viewer you're thinking okay this guy is up to some weird ass shit and so we're expecting some weird-ass shit from him. So we're going to, you know, have to deal with that. Uh, at the same exact time that we're dealing with the sexual tension, where it's like, oh, my God, this is going to blow up in everybody's faces. So I thought yeah. throughout the movie... Face, yeah. yeah, blow it in my face. <laughs> so I thought throughout the movie, this was like, you know, especially for like... I mean, I don't know who wrote this. I can't, I can't find it off right now. But whoever wrote this really did a great job of juggling both of those at the exact same time with almost the exact same amount of tension. Um, which is yeah, what we've been saying there, that over and over a good, again. Uh, 
we have we've been we've been repeating ourselves uh, to an extent so actually um dave franco co-wrote this with joe swanberg who's also Who, an actor well he did uh, he produced uh easy the show on netflix which i am a big fan of yeah he's 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 done some good stuff so i mean there's there's actually is kind of a pedigree to this movie well, so you talking about Toby Huss or we're talking about Toby Huss, that kind of leads me, I guess, to my big criticism of the film, which I'm sure you uh, you share the same opinion as me, which is that uh, the ending is uh, <laughs> a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, Toby Huss essentially operates as like a red herring for the movie uh, to where we think, you know, he's a perv because the, the, the characters later find out that there are cameras in the shower heads. So they think that Toby Huss is like a peeping Tom, you know, a perv who's filming them while they do all this. So, so there's a confrontation between Mina and uh, and Toby Huss because they have a previously established relationship of, of conflict, which I thought was nice. You know, it was a decent setup. Uh-huh. Um, and then Toby Huss gets basically the shit beat out of him by Josh because he's trying to protect Mina. Um and uh, and so that's when the movie's tone shifts from the sexual tension into the more traditional horror of suspense. And and it's like, oh, no, we've got this guy who's beat up. What are we going to do? Well, he's a voyeur. He's a perv. He's been filming us. That's all we got to do. Well, in the in the in the background, while they're having this argument, <laughs> there's some guy in an old man mask dressed all in black who goes and and he snuffs Toby Huss out in the mm-hmm. tub. Whoa, the plot thickens. But, but, the, and yet, and yet, it doesn't. Um, go ahead. But the but the tension is that Mina and Charlie can't. T- they weren't going to tell Michelle and Josh about the cameras because they had sex in the shower. Meaning, if they were to right. tell anyone, then they would. You know, the tapes would come out, and they would find out, and it would be a whole thing. And then, so it's like. Okay, there's some good tension there, and then you're like, oh, how are they going to figure out how to, you know, not tell them, but also get out of there and solve the issue? And then they, then they, you know, beat the shit out of T- uh, Taylor, Toby Huss, and then they're like, well, you know, like, look, whatever we got to do, we just got to tell them about the cameras. And then, so Charlie and Mina are trying to figure out how to not, you know, it's just an extension of the the original problem, which I thought was like, it was redundant, obviously, but it was still kind of, it was still interesting to like at least maintain that conflict until the, the later reveal. So that's going on yes. the whole time. Yeah. So as you said before, there's, there's a bit of a juggling act going on in this movie and, and it's handled uh, mostly well, but the ending is dumb. Um, I, I <laughs> oh, understand <okay>. that. <laughs> I understand, I guess like what they were trying to do, which was is to kind of like, and still maybe a fear of the unknown, or maybe they thought that by keeping the antagonist, uh, you know, their identity a secret and not revealed, like would somehow heighten the the overall mm. tension or feeling of the movie maybe, but that's not the sense that I got. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So there's just like a guy that um, goes around installing cameras into Airbnbs and then killing all the occupants. <laughs> yeah, who like, never, we, who we never gets heard. caught, wow. Yeah, who never gets caught ever. It's killed thousands of people uh, already, and no, no problem whatsoever. I know this. This is not a good look for Airbnbs, by the way. This yeah, this might hurt their their business a little bit. Um, so okay. So, so yeah, I don't know. What did you? 
I think, what okay, you think? you're addressing the problem that I think, when I was watching the movie, I was saying out loud, there's no chance for these guys to succeed. The movie doesn't, like, it's an unmasked or an unnamed guy who just effortless, effortless, effortless there's an unmasked, god damn it, there's an unnamed guy wow. who, this is all going in, there's an unnamed man who effortless, <laughs> effortlessly kills these people. He has no, he has no, like, there's no challenge whatsoever. He just goes in and, you know, Allison Brie finds out about uh, Charlie and Mina having sex. She's pissed off because of other stuff that's happened where she's found out Charlie has a pattern of, of cheating before their marriage. And so she takes off because she's pissed off about the whole weekend. And so she's driving and then she crashes and then, you know, she's like, ah, I'm freaking out. Help me. She's texting Charlie. And then old dude shows up, kills him or kills her. No problem. And then Charlie goes out to find her and then he kills him. And then it's Michelle and or it's Mina and Josh and they're finding out about the whole, you know, Mina having sex with Charlie. Josh freaks out, immediately is killed by the guy. Mina runs away, falls off a cliff. There all of these all these ways in which they died, there's no like suspense. It just is presented and happens. Like the, there's no spacing whatsoever. And so it's like, okay, there's no there's nothing scary about like people just being killed. <laughs> like just flat out. There's no there's nothing scary about a random person to me at least, I guess, just going around and killing people because there there's no story in these people just like being unwittingly murdered. And then the movie ending. Does that make sense? Yes. Um and I totally agree. Uh, at first, I was like, I, I liked the restrained nature of the violence because I thought maybe that was going to lead to somewhere. Yeah. Um, but then it didn't. You know, it just kind of petered out. Uh, it was it was sort of lame. No one survives, Which, and that's to me that. Fine. So okay, so we're just like we. It negates the whole movie though to a certain extent. Like these people that you, right? Uh, you know, you've kind of come to know and like maybe a little bit in certain respects. They just You're die invested. unceremoniously, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's you spend so much time on the movie. So the movie loses steam for me when they're trying to figure out what to do with Taylor because they realize that he's dead now, even though they don't know that a random guy, right. you know, suffocated him. So they're spending like there was some there was some decent black humor I thought in that scene where they they <laughs> they throw yeah. him over the cliff and he just gets stuck. Sure. <laughs> they're like throwing rocks down and like <laughs> fucking smashing his head open and shit. I I, his head. I <laughs> yeah I found that to be uh, kind of funny and dark. That's fine, but you know they spend so much time trying to cover something up, and then within minutes they're all dead. So it's like, why do yeah. we have to worry so much about their efforts? Which, to me... Well, because well, it's sort of, the, I guess, the catalyst to... to. I mean, Alison Brie is not happy. She's like, we just need to like be honest and go to the cops about right. this. And everyone's like, no, let's cover it up. Mm-hmm. Like, Alison Brie is the only one with any sort of sense. And then she finds out, uh, she sees the... Because the killer, the masked killer puts the footage of uh, Charlie and Mina boning on the, on Which the TV screen and she I was, sees it. I was very excited about how that was done because the showers keep going on. I don't Me know, too. I don't know how the showers are remotely controlled. Whatever. 
I know, I know, I know. But Alison Brie is like walking around the house because each shower is going on and off, and she's like, and I, I kind of thought it would just keep going on and on, where she just keeps going back and forth between each shower, like, what's going on? But, you know, she's eventually led upstairs to the TV that's, you know, you think is another shower. Turns out it's the TV playing the shower sex scene. So I thought, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. That's probably the best moment of the movie for me. Um, but, yeah, you know. The the comeuppance that the cheaters get, I, I found to be very gratifying. Um, like yes. I, I liked that the movie didn't let them get away with it. Um, I, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, you know, the whole time you're watching this movie, you're like, how are, how is uh, Michelle and Josh, how are they going to find out about this? So, you know, like, there's some satisfaction yeah. in that. But the movie, then the movie just kind of stops with that plot and then says, okay, well, we got to have some intense action. We got to have these guys fighting, not even fighting, just, like, not trying to die. Um, which, just, like, really, for me, the movie doesn't have, it, it just it's not well executed. That stuff is not interesting to me uh mina running through the fog where it's this like... movie which i thought was visually cool um but i i liked that sequence no, I even though I, I had already kind of like given up on the movie at that point and i know you disagree yeah. but you were watching it on a projector so um, like in, in a basement right that's so so it looked so it looked fine there wasn't really any issue with the what you mean like on like a television fog it just seemed pixelated and like, yeah, for you. No, whatever I, I you were watching. I, were you watching on your iPhone or something? No, no. I liked it. I I thought it was a really. I thought it was a nice shot. And again, sort of like a callback homage to '80s horror movies. Mm, um, which, so my my big my hot take on this movie. My hot take on this movie is that it should have just been like a a drama about humans who are flawed uh-huh. and make big mistakes and and the fallout from those mistakes that's what this movie should have been about but instead there's this like weird horror subplot just like hammered into it without any right. without a lot of care really yeah um, or finesse and and that is ultimately what makes this movie kind of you know mediocre i guess is that it it does things that it shouldn't do. It it could have been a great uh, exploration of of relationships yeah. as a drama. If you wanted and, to make it a bloody violent it. film, you can have you know these four characters turning in on each other. You can have everything up up to Taylor being knocked right. out, and then maybe even accidentally kill him, and then have them turn in on each other. And yeah, I thought that's where the movie was going to go, and I was like, hey, okay, I'm into this. This is a good direction yeah. because this plays upon our you know, the tension that they've already been building up between these relationship dynamics. And and then, no, it's just some masked guy in black who hits people on the head with a hammer. Right. It's so superfluous, that that character. And you even are supposed to be thinking that it's to- Taylor's older brother uh, because that's they kept mentioning, like, yeah, this is his property. I'm just watching it. So you're like... I, that's what I thought it was, too. I was like, okay, so, like, the guy who owns the house is a creep then. Like, got yeah. it. But instead, they just never reveal. And it's like, yeah, and, and then, you know, you've seen The Invitation, right? Yes. So I, I could not help but thinking or think about that movie while uh, the masked man was chasing them around the house. I was thinking, like, here's an opportunity to have a really well-executed, like, hiding, suspenseful, like, 
you know, trying to escape the house moment or, you know, sequence. And instead, it's just like Josh running around opening doors. Where are you, Charlie? I'm going to tell you. And <laughs> yeah. then, you know, hammer to the head. So, you know, just comparing those two films, I know they're not the same film, but those two opportunities of, like, suspense in the house, really confined spaces, you can do it. It's it's possible. And this movie just kind of, like, skips that whole thing. Um, which, you know, that I think would have saved it had it been, you know, the same plot of just, like, a random guy killing people at Airbnbs. Yeah. Airbnb nightmare. Airbnb <laughs> nightmare. Urban nightmare. I don't bro, know you what wanna, happened there. Bro, I think I just had a stroke. Bro, you trying, to go to, you trying to go to the Brocian? You want to you get on a Brone call and, and, and have a broca- Brocast? I don't know. That was Absolutely. probably the worst point in that movie. Oh, God. I hated that, kind of screamed. that part so fucking much. Because, you know, they thought it was, like, just just very, very funny. Very clever. That's, I mean, I, I think that's what people think of Dave Franco when they... Dave and James Franco, they're like... This is the conversation that they have. That's that's who they are, and that's why people hate him. Fine. Right, which is which is you know what brings me back to my initial point about the like brother dynamics that are present in the movie that I think are are interesting. But anyway, so what do you think? Would you would you recommend uh, the rental? Um. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's I mean it's not a bad movie. I'm giving it a lot of shit because it just had such a good setup. And, you know, I thought the acting was kind of weird. I, I thought Alison Brie was the, you know, her and Toby Huss, they were the best actors in this film. Oh, my God. Just uh, on a side note, I loved that part with the two of them, actually, when he comes over to fix the hot tub and his butt crack is showing. And, she, and oh, she's yeah. on. She's, she's rolling. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, like pantomiming, eating out his ass and like burying her face right. in it. I actually funny. really she's got yeah, great comedic timing. I love Allison Brie. She's very funny. Um, she's great in Community. If you haven't seen that, oh, of course I've uh, seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the I think the, another part of that she had was uh, she's in the hot tub, or maybe she's not in the hot tub, but they're looking for the dog, and she, and she goes, she goes, you lost the fucking dog, and like the way she delivers it was, I don't know, just like very subtle and very just like. Mm. Very funny because she's just kind of like she's rolling and she's high as hell and and she's already pissed off at everybody so she's just like you know finding humor in their their terrible situation which is to lose a dog at a rental in the middle of the night. Right. Oh, I was gonna say on a side note, as far as wardrobe is concerned, I liked that she had like the big floppy sweater on, you know, like she she clearly <laughs> was kind of dressed down, uh, which. Yeah you know again just goes to highlight her character and then also to illustrate the conflicts of personality between all the characters so anyway i'm sorry go ahead no yeah that was an aptly timed uh side note so yes you would recommend this movie i t- i too <laughs> i too would recommend this movie um you know with some caveats that it's it's not going to be completely satisfying um however you know, it's for what it is. It's a pretty good ride. I think I think it'll keep you engaged for most of it. And to boot, I think it's a surprising, surprisingly strong debut from Dave Franco. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm very very surprised to be saying that. But there's some <laughs> yeah, competent I... filmmaking here. 
you know, no, and yeah, it goes it's, beyond it's just, yeah, it goes beyond just, uh, you know, pointing a camera at something and, and saying action. Like there's some thought put into it and I appreciated it. I mean, we're judging this movie maybe so, more than a debut. I think we're judging it as like a third or fourth film from somebody, um, which is a good sign. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, real quick before we go, on a side note, I wanted to talk about uh, Horse Girl, which I had mentioned earlier. That movie oh stars Alison Brie, um, who co-wrote it with the director, uh, whose name escapes me right now. Jeff Baina. But, uh, it's about Jeff Baina. That's right. You tell me about that. Um, he's not Jeff. He's not Australian, but all right. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, it's a movie about uh, this girl who works at like a fabric store, and it's kind of about her her descent into mental illness, but it's not quite as straightforward as that. Um, it's kind of surreal and kind of spooky, but it has a great performance, a great central performance from Alison Brie. Um, and then it's got a kind of an ambiguous ending that'll leave you thinking. Uh, I, I would recommend Horse Girl. I think that uh, that's a good one. You should check it out. Nice. I will. Uh, Jeff Baina, also, he directed... The Little Hours, or Little Hours, I forget. That has um, Alison Brie, Dave Franco, uh, Aubrey Plaza. There's there's someone else. Um, but that's a really great, that's like a, a 14th century like monastery, but with like modern day dialogue and, and humor. And it, it's kind of sweet and funny. Uh, and Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza, they're killing that movie. So... I would also recommend that huh. if you're gonna if you're gonna follow the rabbit hole. Okay, because that sounds Brie. like a god awful present. That sounds like a god awful premise. So I'm oh. surprised to hear that it's good. <laughs> I think you're being quite judgmental. <laughs> I, I I guess I'm just picturing your highness with with uh, Danny McBride. It's, it's not your highness. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's actually like uh, uh, which somehow has been mentioned human. like numerous numerous times on this show I, how does how does your highness keep coming up on our stupid show i don't think i've even ever seen it i've seen your highness about 20 times so it's probably me uh i thought that was the best dumb movie when i was in high school like i knew it was bad but i enjoyed it's kind of like watching pineapple express but worse which i guess yeah. is not a uh it's not a recommendation <laughs> that is All not right. a ringing endorsement <laughs> all right anyways so cool yeah. Well, as uh, as we mentioned earlier, please uh, like and subscribe, whatever. Leave a review, comment, uh, retweet, uh, uh, share. Uh... And remember, James Franco is an alleged pedophile. Yes. Not an infamous. Yes. <laughs> Not quite infamous yet. But he will be hard day. All right, all right, cool. Good talking to you. Bye. See ya. Mwah.